The Adam Crowley Show. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tom, turn the music down, please. As low as you possibly can, where people can still hear it. I went to the Flogging Molly show last night. Dropkick Murphys were there. Dale Lolly was there. Mike Pursuta was there. Alcohol was consumed, and I feel like death. If I didn't brag so much on the radio yesterday about how much I was going to drink, I would have called off sick today, but y'all would have known why. I'll survive, though, because I've stacked the damn show with guests. That's right, guests galore. Josh Yoey going to be joining us in 20 minutes for the final 40 minutes of hour number one. We got Dale Lolly at 540. He'll tell me how hungover he is. And we've got Will Graves at 520. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. My voice is kind of shot. I did some terrible things to my lungs, my liver not forgiving me at all. But we'll battle through it together, Pittsburgh. My 700% listening increase, my snowflakes, They expect this kind of behavior from me. Brian's out of town, so I've got no one keeping me accountable. I drank at least nine beers and a shot of Jameson all in an hour and a half. Whoops. reason we're having Josh Yoey on is because he's been, well, kicking ass for as long as I can remember on the Penguins beat, but he wrote a story a couple of days ago after having talked to Jim Rutherford, the Penguins general manager, about potential moves that could be made. Uh, Today, he has reported that Connor Sherry, Brian Rust, and Dominic Simone were offered up for Max Domi in a possible deal. Now, they decided Arizona did to go with Galchenyuk and go with Montreal Canadiens as a trade partner, but we now know that that's who's out there. We all know that's who's available. The Penguins have a surplus of right-wingers, They don't have a lot of great impact left-wingers, aside, of course, from Jake Gensel. You know what you're going to get from Carl Hagelin. You know what you think you can get from Zach Aston-Reese. But that left side isn't great. Connor Sherry has to play over there because of necessity. I think he's a better right-winger than he's a left-winger. But the Penguins are trying to shake some things up. They're trying to become a more balanced team. They've got great depth down the middle. They've got great right wingers. They've got okay left wingers. They're trying to spread that wealth out. He also reported that Phil Kessel is okay with being moved out of Pittsburgh. So all you Penguins fans who defended Phil Kessel tooth and nail against the media, how dare you say they're going to trade him? How dare you make up these vicious rumors? Well, now your knight in shining armor, Phil Kessel, says he might be okay with getting shipped out of town. The most likely destination would have been Arizona, but Josh is reporting that Arizona is just going to try to get to the cap floor, so they're not interested in adding these $6.8 million 
that Phil Kessel brings along with it. All this is to say the Penguins are going to do stuff this offseason. I've been saying it from day one that whenever Jim Rutherford says he's going to do something, he does it. Jim Rutherford does not pay lip service. Jim Rutherford says what he means, and he does what he says he's going to do. He's the complete opposite of the Pirates' front office. Neil Huntington says, yeah, we're looking at adding. We've been looking at adding instead of subtracting here. More so the adding than the subtracting. It's like he's teaching a boring-ass math class. But yet they didn't do anything, and they haven't done anything. Tim Benz wrote a good piece today, Breakfast with Benz, in the Trib, about how if Neil Huntington wants to be believed, maybe the better course of action would be, instead of to say these kinds of things, go out and do these kinds of things. Go out and add free agents. Go out and make a trade. Make one right now. You say you're thinking about adding, add. Then people will believe you. Jim Rutherford always says what he's going to do. You don't find that very often in general managers because when you're negotiating, you want to be coming from a point of strength. If the other team knows what you want and knows what you don't want, it doesn't help you. But Jim's done fine. So the Penguins will make some changes, and they're going to look different next year. Is Phil Kessel going to be moved? I don't know. If he is, it's going to be for a haul. Josh Show is reporting. We'll talk to him about all that stuff coming up over the next 40 minutes. Well, starting at 420. What's wrong, Tom? Now I'm just smiling. I can I can see in your eyes you're counting the clock down until Yoey gets in here. Why? Because I'm hungover. Yeah, a little bit. All guessed it out today. I'll just make them talk. Great guests, though. Great guests. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, Yoey's the best. Covering the pens. Graves is always unbelievable when he comes on every week. And then, I mean, Dale Lolly. I mean, what can you say about that guy? I can say he had a lot to drink last night, too. We're going to be like two passed out people just standing back to back, keeping each other up. When do you think Dale woke up today? He's coming on at 540, so probably 525. Still sleeping? Yeah, still sleeping. No, I texted him. He said he feels like crap. I feel like death. I really do. I feel worse now that I started talking. My voice is shot. My energy's gone. I'll survive. The Royals, see what they did. They traded their closer. They're 22 and 50. They're a disaster. They have the 29th rated farm system in all of Major League Baseball, according to MLB.com. But they're terrible now because they went for it to try to win a World Series. They went to the World Series, and then the next year, they won the World Series. The two years after that, they went 81-81. and 81. Then they were under 500 the following year, and, well, hey, here we are. They had disaster. But the question I want to pose to all of you at 412-922-2874, and, of course, online, on the Twitter.com, at underscore Adam Crowley, is, is that worth it? Is it worth it to be ass because you go for a World Series? I think it is. Now, the economics of baseball are certainly different than the economics of hockey, but just be prepared that when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin age, when their game starts to deteriorate, and then when they're gone, the Penguins are going to suck. But it'll have all been worth it, I think. You win a couple of Stanley Cups, three Stanley Cups, it's worth it. 
Back to baseball, though. It's worth it, I think, if you're the Royals, to win a championship one year and then be awful for nine others. They have a totally different philosophy than the Pittsburgh Pirates do. The Pirates think that they can be mediocre and then they're going to, at times, be good enough to contend. And they're always going to be hovering around. They want to continue to keep the window open. They want the window to be open as long as possible. And they think that helps them get their name in the hat more often. And they think the more times you get the name in the hat, the better chance you have to win a championship. The Royals think, okay, we have an opportunity. Let's go all in. Let's trade some prospects. And then who cares what happens after that? They traded three prospects for Johnny Cueto. They they traded two prospects for Ben Zobrist. They signed Kendris Morales. They signed Edinson Volquez. They went for it. They tried to win a damn World Series. Now, some of those moves were in and around that time period, but you get the picture. They were trying to go for it. The Pirates don't. And I'm not breaking any news here, but I think you'd rather the Pirates. I know I certainly would like to see this. For them to operate more the way the Royals do. Yeah, I know they're 22 and 50. The Pirates are 36 and 36. Is there a difference in those two things? Is there? I actually think there is. It was a trick question. I got all of you. The difference is that the Royals are in a better position because they've got a banner, they won an AL pennant, and now they're selling everything off because they know that they're terrible, they know that they suck. The Pirates don't know what they are. Neil Huntington says, oh, we're going to add to the team. We've had more conversations about adding than subtracting. But if they're five games under 500 or five games off the wild card lead at the trade deadline, what are they going to do? Are they going to stand pat? Probably. Maybe sell one guy off or two. But you can't just tread water. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know... Where your organization lies. And the Pirates just don't. They didn't have a good offseason plan going in. And right now, they are 500 because of that. And it doesn't sound like they know what they're doing now. I think the Royals did it the right way. I think the Pirates are out to lunch. The Indians tried the Royals method. Now, they were up 3-1 to in the World Series. Didn't happen for them. But if they're healthy, they win the World Series. And... I think their fan base would be happy to know that they went all in, their ownership group did. They traded everyone for Andrew Miller. Everybody and their mother. They went for it. He was the best player in baseball that year. The best player. He got them to the damn World Series. And the Pirates, after they have a 98-win season, they get rid of Neil Walker. Don't sign Jay Happ. They replaced him with Japanese pitcher Ryan Vogelsong. And they get rid of their home run king, Pedro Alvarez. Very good. Solid. Great work. Tremendous. But the window's open longer. Eh. Give me a break. Will Graves will talk to us about that coming up at 520 today on the show. Rod Woodson, former Steeler. Did you see what he said about the defense? If you didn't. I have it for you right here. I had to take my sunglasses off to read it, though. 
That's right. I'm wearing sunglasses inside. I drank too much last night. Quote, I can't remember the last time that they had a playmaker on the defensive side. Shazier was going to be that guy, and unfortunately he got hurt, but I'm just trying to figure out who is going to be. The last time I've seen a playmaker on that side, Troy Palomalu was suited up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's the deal. He ain't wrong. I think Cam Hayward could be considered a difference maker, a playmaker. The guy was an all-pro last year. Guy had 12 sacks. I think he is a difference maker. But where do they have any other dynamic playmakers? They don't. And you know what? That's not because they are not trying. That's not for a lack of putting resources towards the defense. Artie Burns, first-round pick. Sean Davis, second-round pick. Cam Hayward, first-round pick. Stephon Tewitt, second-round pick. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, both first-round picks. Javon Hargrave, third-round pick. Terrell Edmonds, first-round pick. They have a lot of pedigree players that they haven't been able to get enough out of, and I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's failing on the scouting side of things. But the defense hasn't been good enough, and they have not gotten that playmaker. And where it hurts them the most to bounce off of Rod Woodson's commentary is at the pass rush position. Who is the last dynamic edge rusher that they had? Again, Cam Hayward had 12 sacks last year, but he's a 3-4 defensive end. You want your pressure coming from the outside. You want consistent pressure from your outside linebackers. Who's the last guy? Was it Jason Worlds? He had, what, nine and a half sacks, I think, his last season before he decided to abruptly retire? And that doesn't exactly scream dynamic. Do you have to go all the way back to James Harrison whenever he was in his prime and Lamar Woodley whenever he wasn't fat? I don't think you need dynamic safeties. You'd like guys who don't fall out of position the way that we saw the Steelers' defense fall out of position a bunch last year. I don't think you need dynamic corners. The Steelers got away with having a guy like Ike Taylor there for a decade and a freaking half. But in a 3-4 defense, you need the pass rushers to be dynamic. They just haven't had that. Maybe T.J. Watt can be that guy. But we don't know yet. And he's flip-flopping sides with Bud Dupree, and I think it's actually going to benefit both players. But maybe they'll get some money dynamic there. Maybe it is him. But if it's not, rut row. If he can't be that 10-sack guy at some point, if he can't be 10-12-sack guy who's getting pressure relentlessly in the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger very well might not get another Super Bowl ring in his tenure as a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. And not because of him, not because of the offense, but because the defense isn't doing enough good things. We'll talk to Dale Ollie about that coming up at 540. It's the great unsponsored football segment. Filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Coming up next, Josh Yoey of The Athletic. I'm done, baby. Josh Yoey comes in to save me. I'm talking about Phil Kessel. The Penguins offseason. Check out his stuff on The Athletic. I'll be checking him out in person next. It's Crowley Show.
I'm Devin. I deliver sandwiches for Jimmy John's. Freak Town! Population Devin. We'll deliver one sandwich. Minimum Freak. Or hundreds of sandwiches. Infinity Freak! However many you want. You're mayor of Freak Town, Devin! Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah! I'm Tammy. I get to Jimmy John's early every day. Freak a doodle doo! To bake bread fresh. Freak a doodle doe! And we keep on baking throughout the day, so it's always fresh for our customers. That's all. Doodaloo, freak a doo! Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah! All right, get intern Jerome to get me a beer. Tom, run down the hall, grab my inhaler. I'm going to take my shirt off. It's 1,000 degrees in here. You have an inhaler? Today I do. It's actually just a pack of cigarettes. Just go get that for me, okay? Sounds good. Yeah. If you don't mind, just put... A special treat now for you and for me. For me, because I like Josh Joey so much, but also because now he can talk and I don't have to. I can save my hungover voice. Josh, just join us in studio now. He was in the neighborhood. He pops in. What's going on, buddy? You look like hell. I mean, yeah. I'm a little concerned about you, to be honest. You're you're ordinarily a handsome man, but you're you're struggling today. <laughs> it's not good. Say. It's not good. Uh, the beard is nasty. Uh, I don't remember even if I showered or not. Right. I I think I did. I have sunglasses on. It's the middle of the day. I'm inside have, in the studio. He's wearing yes. sunglasses in a ball cap. I yes. Bet. Yes. I. I'm gonna, I I'm, feel I'll like try that. to carry things here. I, you know, well, you always do when you come on. Well, putting the pressure on me now, but we got stuff to talk about. So a lot great. of stuff to talk about. You can find it at The Athletic, which I have a subscription to now. I've been kind of going through back really? channels to, to read the stories, but today I had to. I bought it today. Wow. Yeah. I told Kabali I was going to yesterday. <laughs> he was on the show. And, I don't believe you. Yeah. I, I had been using logins that he gave me. I was like, ah, oh, these guys do good enough work. Yeah, I just pay for it. We appreciate that. Yeah. And honestly, what I always tell people, it's not just us. Like, it's if you're <laughs> interested in the NHL, NBA, whatever, there's like there's plenty of content for you, I promise. Yeah, I was reading all the Custis, Custance. Very Custance, yeah. It's a yeah, scary great. word to say. Be careful there, Crowley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading all of his stuff today, too. I'm, I'm very enamored with this time of the year. Uh, I imagine you might get tired of it. I don't know though. It's it's a good time of the year to be a hockey oh, it's fan. Fun, yeah. yeah, this is this is what the fans like: the trade deadline and free agency day. And I find that the period from the draft, which is in Dallas this weekend until July first, the free agency day, I think that time period has kind of uh, become a bigger deal than the trade deadline. Even I wow. really do because you see so many trades. You know, on Phil Kessel, July 1st, a couple years ago, you saw Jim Rutherford last year with the Reeves trade and the Hornquist trade all on draft day. That's like uh, when he likes to make his moves, and it's when a lot of GMs like to make their moves. I don't think there's anything better than following Josh Yoey on Twitter on draft day. <laughs> and up, oh, Jim Rutherford's walking over to this table. Oh, yeah. Now he's going over to this table and 4,000 retweets. Very good. Jim had to urinate. Sorry. That's why he was walking in this direction. And my bad. He's peeing. He's 69 years old. You know, come on. <laughs> what are you going to do? He's peeing next to Dave Poyle. What does that mean? <laughs> but you know what? Oftentimes with Jim, that does mean there's something going on because he is, um, he's just so open. I mean, he, he you'll say, "Hey, Jim, you got something going on?" Uh, yeah, I kind of do. I'll text you back in ten minutes. That's just that's just how Jim is. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't hide it. He's the most transparent GM in in the history of GMs, I think. So when you see him talking with somebody, he was talking with David Poyle ten minutes before the Horn Quiz Neil trade. So uh, it doesn't always mean anything, but sometimes it does. You talked to him on Monday. Uh, you just wrote a piece today, Phil Kessel is okay with being moved out of Pittsburgh. Didn't sound like he wants to, but would be okay oh. with it. 
You know, it's interesting. I, I think Phil has had enough of Mike Sullivan, and I think maybe Mike has had enough of Phil. And we've been talking about it all summer. It's not a not a secret at this point. But, uh, yeah, I was told that Phil Kessel told the Penguins, if you want to trade me, trade me, basically. And uh, Arizona is the place that he would really like to go. And, and you know, you can connect the dots pretty easily. Sure. There. Even in your state, we can connect the dots very easily. Um, <laughs> he loves Rick Tockett. Yes. And he doesn't like coaches. But he loves Rick Tockett. Coaches don't love him. No, but Rick Rick knows how to deal with him. And, and I, I think Rick, I'm sure, would be perfectly fine with having Phil Kessel on that team. But they have no money. And the That's plan, important. The plan for the Coyotes is to just get to the uh, salary floor this year. That's that's the goal. And you know, Phil's going to be owed $6.8 million. The Leafs will pick up the other one, too. But that's still a lot of money. And I don't blame them because is he going to make them a playoff team? Probably not. Is he going to make them a contender? No, he would make them better. But that was still one of the worst teams in hockey last year, even though they did have a pretty decent second half. That's not a team that's ready to be a playoff team. And that would essentially be a waste of money. And, yeah, Phil's a name, but is he enough of a big name to draw fans in Arizona? I don't think so. He's not Crosby or McDavid. He's not on that level. So Phil would be very happy to play there. And I think the point is, if the Penguins want to trade Phil, Phil's okay with it. I don't think he's demanding a trade. Sure. It's nothing like that, but he'll go if they want him to go. I don't think Phil cares that much. It's just that's how Phil is. He'll stay if you want. If you want to trade him, whatever. Does it sound like there's more smoke that it's picking up that it might be more likely that he's dealt now than you maybe originally thought? Maybe a little. Um, you know what's funny, though? I I don't get the sense that Jim Rutherford really wants to trade him. Uh, he knows he's not going to win that trade. GMs like to trade when they know, oh, this is an easy one. I'm going to go trade with Bergevin in Montreal. I'm going to win this one or whatever. And Jim wins a lot of trades, much like Ray Shiro before him. That's when they're both at their best when they're trading. I don't think you win this one because Phil scored 92 points last year or whatever it was. And, you know, Phil's a great player. And because of his reputation, I don't think, fairly or not, I don't think you're going to get the return that you really should for him. And as a result, is it the best thing to just – try to make things work with him and Sullivan, try to keep this thing going for a couple of more years? Maybe. I, I think it probably is the best thing to do. I think that's what Rutherford thinks. But I think there's a part of Phil that's ready to go, and there's a part of Mike Sullivan that wants him to go. So, yeah, the Penguins are exploring a little bit. This is really nitpicky. Josh Yoey joining us here on the Crowley Show. But I'd say that largely in the Crosby-Malkin era that the power play hasn't been as good as you'd think it would be. Now, last year was an exception, but I think last year's an exception because Phil Kessel was as damn good in the power play as he was last year. I don't, and well, you know, Justin Schultz is a good power play player too, but I do worry that if they do move Phil Kessel, uh, no matter what the the return would be, I'd be worried a little bit about the power play. Absolutely, and the Penguins were very reliant on their power play last year. They don't make the playoffs if their power play isn't great last year. They don't. People forget they made the playoffs by three points. It it was that tight. And uh, I I would look at it this way. I would say Sidney Crosby is one of the five greatest hockey players of all time. You can rank Gino Malkin wherever you want. We know he's in the top 100 somewhere. And Phil Kessel is the man who makes that power play go without question. It runs through him. He is the decision maker. He is the best pure passer of the puck on that team. And that's saying something. But I really believe, not the best playmaker, but in terms of making, you know, executing difficult passes, you'll see Crosby and Malkin, especially Crosby, turn the puck over a ton on the power play. They'll drive you nuts, forcing plays. Phil never does that. He's a genius on the power play. He really is. 
So he makes them go in that regard, and he does give them that third option. He hates being on the third line, but if you want to go that route, he gives you unprecedented scoring depth, or you put him with Malkin, and you know those two really work together. So trading him is a risk, and he's a pain in the ass. He absolutely is. <laughs> and for all these Penguins fans, like, oh, Phil's this cuddly guy who was you know, portrayed negatively by the Toronto media, and that wasn't fair. No, nah, Phil's not like the nicest guy in the world. Phil's, Phil's incredibly difficult. There's a reason coaches hate him. Do his teammates like him? Yeah, kind of. I, I think, <laughs> no, they do. I think they acknowledge, and I've talked with a lot of guys about Phil just on and off the record. Yeah. They acknowledge you couldn't have a whole locker room of him, but he's kind of the class clown. And you ever, you always liked having the one class clown around. The co- the teacher doesn't like the class clown, no. right? But everyone else gets a kick out of That's Phil. Good. So they No, the teammates never, in Toronto, Boston, no teammates ever had a problem with Phil. It's always the coaches that have a problem with Phil. But when it's that many coaches that have the problem with Phil... Phil's the problem. Yeah, you get it. Eventually, sure. You, you can't really be angry at Mike Sullivan, I don't think, for, for being aggravated with having Phil Kessel around. He makes his job more difficult. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. You reported that for Max Domi, if the Penguins were going to acquire him, the players that were dangled out there were Dominic Simone, Connor Sherry, and Brian Rust. Mm-hmm. So that tells us a little something, huh? I mean, that tells <laughs> us the guys that are available. It does. And... um Boy, the Simone thing's kind of funny. <laughs> I know Domi's been a disappointment, but they weren't getting uh, Max Domi. No, that, what does Madden always say? All our good, all your good players for, for all bad our players. bad players. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, Sherry, oh, Sherry, struggling no, over here. Sherry, you are. I'll talk for a minute here. Uh, <laughs> Sherry's no surprise. Um, he does score goals. He is a little overpaid. Yeah, we know that. And Rust is the interesting one. And if I were Arizona, that's the one I would have thought the most Agreed. about. Certainly. Maybe he's not going to score a ton of goals, but he helps you win in so many different ways. The problem for him is just how crowded the right wing is for the Penguins. If you keep Phil, you have Phil, you have Hornquist. They've made it very clear that Daniel Sprong's going to be on the team next season. He's not a fourth-line player. Those are your top three right wings. So you either have Rust as an overpaid fourth-liner because he's a restricted free agent. He's going to get a couple million. Or you have him on the left wing where he can play, but I don't think he's as effective. So because of that, I think that makes the Penguins willing to trade him. But again, he, he does not strike me as the kind of guy you want to trade. Now, you have to trade good players to get good players back sometimes. But boy, Brian Russ is a really good player. I, I, I'd i certainly trade Sherry before him if I had to pick. Yeah, me too. And if I were the Coyotes, I would have asked for Sherry and Rust. <laughs> not uh, Simone. Not Simone. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I would... I would I would ask for Simone just to shoot him off into the sun. No offense, I'm sure Dominic's a very nice young man. A lovely but, young man. Yeah, yes. that's a, sorry about that, Dominic. I didn't. I didn't mean that. But but, but yes, I agree. It just was. It's, and you know, I was a little surprised Montreal offered Galchenyuk. Yes. For Domi, I mean, that's he's been a little bit of a disappointment. But it's former third overall pick, really talented player, and he has produced some for the Canadians. I don't think the Canadians are all that well run at the moment. So, no. So you know the uh, Canadian. There's a couple of Canadian teams. One's a little, uh, you know. Not too far away from Montreal and the capital of Canada and Ottawa. They're having some rough times. Um, some interesting issues with the Canadian teams these days. Yeah, you know, I would not have minded seeing Hoffman in a Penguins jersey. Uh, although would have been good for your business, huh? Yeah, it would have been great for my business. <laughs> uh, I would love to have the girlfriend on the show. Yes, I think that would have been entertaining. Sure, uh, j- score. Yeah. He'd fit in. Why not? A little bit of drama. I'm sure she's not that bad. Oh, no. Well, maybe she is. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like she very she, well she might, be, might be. But yeah, she very well yeah, might I be. I think yeah. she is. Yeah. Uh, Eric Carlson's not going to be there anyhow, though, right? I mean, probably. Uh, no, no. So. no. I, I don't think he was going to be there before all of this right. came up. And boy, if ever he needed a reason to leave. Um, See ya. 
Yeah, I, I would expect Eric Carlson could be traded as early as this weekend, in fact, in Dallas. And uh, boy, won't that be interesting. They, they don't make them like Eric Carlson very often. So they wherever really he goes, that that's a game changer. It is. Uh, I wonder how in, I wonder how Washington's going to go about their offseason. I wonder if they have I don't even, I don't even know if they have space for for stuff like Tavares or anything, but no. I mean that that one's not going to fit, but if I'm them, I'm I'm doing whatever I can to get Carlson, their Carlson to hold on to him. Right. I mean that that's the plan for them and and who the heck's going to be their coach? I I think Todd Rudin is the favorite. Yeah. I that's I tweeted this earlier. That's who I would hire. Um I, I think, you know, there's continuity involved there when you know, Absolutely. He's been there. He's worked under Trouts, under Bilesmo. He's done incredible work with their defensemen. Uh, I've been told that Ovechkin and Backstrom love him. They like how he runs the power play, so why not give him his chance? Great guy, too, so I'm certainly cheering for him uh, to get that job. And, yeah, John Carlson is their target, obviously, for the offseason. They have the money to sign him. Uh, however, it's going to take probably in the neighborhood of $8 million a year. Yeah. And if you give him that much, you're giving Oshie that much for seven more years. Ovechkin and Baxter make whose nets off due for a massive raise. A lot like the Penguins, they're just going to be so top heavy, and they have Holpe who makes a ton yeah. of money too. So, uh, but that said, you don't want to let a number one defenseman who's in his twenties leave. He led the league in scoring. He yeah. was fabulous during the playoffs. He helps that power play, which is just insane. That power play is ridiculous. It should be better than the Penguins on it. When you watch it in person, it's like, how do you stop this power play? Well, it was in the playoffs, yeah. right? No, it was. It just. For all the people who say, like, why do you leave Ovi so wide open? Well, look at the other guys out there. That's the problem. You want to give them tap-ins? Because that, that's you got to pick. Exactly. Uh, Josh, when we come back, let's examine further what the Penguins are going to do this offseason. Uh, maybe as soon as Friday night. It is Josh Show. It's Adam Crowley. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Josh Yoey, kind enough to join us for a second segment here on the Crowley Show. It's always good to see your smiling face, Yoey. Thank you. Now, are you going off to the draft? Yes. I knew that. I'll be in Dallas. I just wanted to hear you say it. It's a fine town. Yeah. Ever been there? No. JFK Museum is pretty cool. Yeah, he died there. He did. Not at the museum. Right outside the museum. Like, you stand right where Lee Harvey Oswald stood and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm not right beside it. You can stand, like, two feet away and look out the window and everything pretty wild yeah it's a shame he isn't the guy who actually killed him right well that, that you know it's funny there are many gentlemen who sell books right outside of the museum and they all claim to have been there and to have seen what actually happened and for a mere 20 dollars, you can read about it really yeah it's, it's pretty funny are you even gonna make it to the draft then it's 50 50 yeah know, we'll see. damn chances of the penguins making a trade at the draft I would say it's better than 50-50. Yeah, let's go. I, I base that on a couple of things. Number one, Rutherford's history. He, he's made a trade. It's seriously like 75 or 80% of the drafts he's been involved with, he made a trade. So he, he just likes to trade that day. And in particular, and he's not alone in this, but he's told me, he doesn't really like making trades at the deadline because it doesn't give the guy much time to get acclimated to his team. And we saw that with Derek Broussard this year. So you trade for a guy this time of year. He has a whole season with the team. That's the way Jim likes to do it. So I think that's probably the way it will be in the future, and, and I think there's a very good chance of that uh, happening this weekend as you get another alcoholic beverage here in the studio. Well, I need one. Wow. Uh, it's all about survival at this point. Sure it is. Yeah. It's very, very kind to drop that off. Yeah, it's Jerome. He's our intern. Got a yingling there. Wow. Oh, yingling. Class. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a believer in being drunk on the air. That is something that is frowned upon, uh, but I am a believer in survival. Sure. Wow. Well, so. Listen, many a great broadcaster has been drunk on the air. 
Absolutely. It just won't be me. Sometimes when I get bored at night, I just go to YouTube and watch Harry Carey videos, and they always <laughs> do the trick. Yes. Uh, there was a broadcaster, Brian, who's our, our boss. There was a broadcaster in Dallas, in fact, that he was out at like an Eaton Park-type establishment one night, and this broadcaster's in there just wasted. Sure. So much so that he's eating something with his hands and wound up eating a napkin. And he just ate the napkin. Well, I mean... I mean, I could think of things that would taste worse than a napkin. Yeah, napkins are edible. You're pretty benign. Yeah, you're fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. Right. But you did just eat a napkin, which I think would... I think there's an embarrassment level. Yes. Sure. And I think it would alert people to the level of inebriation. Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any question about no, that. No question about that. I like how we're just rambling now, like we're both hungover, even though I'm totally not. It's... I'm fine now. <laughs> I know I'm not, though. My eyes. my They're like puffy. I feel like I must have cried myself to sleep or something last night. Nah, it was probably just my wife. Uh, Josh Joey joining us here yeah, on the Crowley Show. We said that the Penguins, better than 50% chance of making a trade. Is it going to be Sherry? Is it going to be a guy like Rust? I mean, would you say that that's more likely than Phil Kessel being moved? Probably. Um, I, I don't necessarily expect a blockbuster this weekend. Though it would not shock me. I mean, there's a lot of options for the Penguins. Uh, I look at a guy like Sherry and a guy like Matt Hunwick. Those are two guys I, I think the Penguins would like to rid themselves of. Sure. Sorry, if nothing less. So if they could get a taker at the draft, uh, that, something like that could happen. Um, something, you know, on a next level trade, a good player for a good player. Rust is a guy they really like. The fact is they're top heavy on the right side. They are. He is due a raise. So you could get something for him, too. I would think there's a lot of teams around the league that would like to have a guy with his big game pedigree, with the speed that he plays, with the tenacity. So you could get something in return from him. Rutherford, just he wants a couple of new bodies at forward. He feels like, yes, they still had a good season last year, and there's no shame in losing to the eventual champions in six games in the second round. But uh, you know, he told me yesterday he doesn't feel quite the loyalty to that group that he did a year ago because they did finally lose, and you can't hang on to that same team forever. You do have to change things up. So I think he's a little itchy to make some kind of a deal, and they're not going to do a ton in free agency. We know that. They don't have the cap space. It's just not how they operate. It's not how good teams in general operate. It's not. So, yeah, there's a good chance he does something at this draft. So you're telling me John Tavares isn't going to be a Penguin, though? Well... I hope he is because that would be good for my business, for your business. He's a delightful young man to talk with and a fine hockey player, but I think it's very unlikely. Yes. I just I don't. Any percent chance? No, no I mean, one maybe. Yeah, all right. Josh Joey's <laughs> confirming it. The Penguins are interested in John Tavares. I don't even want to further the conversation here because I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but no. I was thinking to myself <laughs> that if he's brought in, you'd probably have to move Broussard out. In fact, you would have to move right. Broussard out, but... He's 26 years old, uh, or twenty. he's 27 years old. Hell of a hockey player. Sure. He's the future then, right? That's Crosby and Malkin age. He's your guy. There's the bridge. Bam. Yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense. I don't know why it I would does. say one. Yeah, it's I might have to elevate it to 3.4. Yeah, 3.4%. 3.1495 or whatever the hell pie is. Is that a pie reference? It is a pie wow. reference. That's what happens when I'm hungover. I'm thinking about <laughs> pie and not, not the food. <laughs> Is Jake Gensel going to get a contract extension this year? No. Uh, I actually asked Jim that yesterday. I said, what about Jake? And he said, we'll worry about him next summer, basically. He said, you know, he's not due the big raise until the next year, so they know he's going to get one. But uh, Rutherford essentially said that there's some other 
more pressing concerns to worry about before they get to him. That's not a knock on Jake Gensel. They know very well how good he is. And he's a bargain right now. And it, oh, he's a huge bargain. It will be fascinating to see what he gets because, as, I mean, listen, you can't deny what he said in the playoffs. I don't think he's quite that level of player, but but the numbers are what they are. Now, he did not have a great regular season. I think with Jake, you know, he's not a big guy at all, and he scores a lot of dirty goals. I don't think he can play that way during an entire season Yeah, and physically you know, be able to be well. But, yeah, so I don't know what he'll get, but he'll get plenty of money, and that will happen next summer, I have no doubt. But, uh, yeah, they want to worry about the restricted free agents, guys like Rust and guys like Jamie Alexiak and Riley Shea, and uh, take care of business there and see where the salary cap stands. Josh, when you talk about acquiring forwards, they are deep at forward now. I mean, more specifically in the right wing, and, of course, the center position is just stacked. Sure. Duh. I've kind of got the sense just hearing some of and reading some of what Rutherford said that Brian Rust, I mean, if he's on your fourth line, I think you're going to be pretty happy about that because it makes you a deeper hockey club. But are they trying to just move forward for forward? I mean, because they do have the depth. I'm I'm afraid that we're going to see moves made for the sake of making moves. I know what you mean. Um, Good, because I'm not sure anybody else does. (laughs) You know, Rutherford is in an interesting spot. He, he wants to bring a couple of bodies in, but I don't I don't think he wants to make a blockbuster. I don't think he wants to trade Phil Kessel in particular. I don't. I think Mike Sullivan might want him to. I think Phil Kessel might want him to. I don't think Jim wants to. I think Rutherford's feeling is, let's take a summer off. These guys finally get to rest. They're going to come back feeling good about themselves in October. Maybe Brian Rust is on your fourth line, and maybe that's not a bad thing. No. You want to have depth scoring? Well, how about Brian Rust on your fourth line? Not With Riley teams. Shane? Yeah. Zach Aston Reese? Now you're talking. Bang, let's yeah. go. Get an extra body here or there. You know, you know, throw some young legs out there perhaps. You got Sprong and Aston Reese, which will help in that regard. Now, I think he just wants to make minor changes, but I, I do think he wants a couple of fresh bodies, and I think trades are the easiest way to go about it. Basically, a good player for a good player. Maybe he'll say, hey, we're going to take one of our guys who's played 60 playoff games in the last three years. That that can wear a hockey player down. That's one of the reasons they weren't huge on bringing Ian Cole back or Nick Benino back because, boy, the, the way those guys played, the beating they took in all those playoff games, they felt like they were guys who wouldn't age very well. So they'd like to find so, some young legs who can give them some more of that speed and energy that we saw a couple of years ago. I don't think he wants to do anything huge, but everything's in play right now. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's got a kind of a strange feel right now around the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to ask the questions and have the questions be answered because there are so many possible options uh, out there. Uh, one thing we haven't discussed is the defense. It sounded like what I read today in The Athletic, check it out, Josh Yoey, uh, hey. that they're very happy with the defense they have. Now, obviously, Hunwick and Chad Ruedel are just blah, but... Right. No, they are, and why wouldn't they be? I mean, Latang. it all starts with him. We know that. We know he had a bad year. They know he had a bad year. Even Chris, who doesn't like to admit that he had a bad year, he knows. Man, he was... He was pretty hard vocal, on himself. Yeah, 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 which isn't like him. No. Uh, so they want to give him the summer to find himself, and, and I think he's earned that right. I get it. And his value's low right now, if you want to think about dealing him. So, right. But aside from him, you want to talk about solid defensemen. Brian Dumoulin, Ole Mata, what Justin Schultz. I mean, that's a pretty darn good top four. And Jamie Alexiak to me was really good last season. And there's a you know a, a big ceiling for a big man. I mean he he they think he has the potential to be a top four guy. So do I. So you you've got those five guys and Ruedel's fine, nothing special, but he's okay. 
Han Wick, I think they would like to deal. Just a, He makes too much money for yes. what he gave them, certainly. But that's a pretty good blue line. I don't think Jim feels like he has to make a change there, and I, I can see why. Well, a lot of the issues just to me in the postseason seem like lack of thought, lack of thinking. Uh, you, mm-hmm. We saw the Ovechkin goal in the last minute where uh, Olimata turns the puck over and then yes. he's screwed. Now he got molested, but he did. regardless, it still wasn't a great play. No. Uh, Chris Letang, how many times did he get oh, caught? Game five, those two uh, goals. I mean, yes, it was just Letang messing up on on his man. I don't think the personnel's bad at all. No. I think it's I think it's very good. In fact, and if Chris Letang can just, he's got to change his game. He's got to learn. Yes, he, he's got to. He can't. He can't be the guy he was when he was twenty seven no. years old. No, and I will say this: uh, the Penguins did have a lot of defensive issues last season. A lot of issues with odd man rushes and just giving up too high quality of chances, and I have been told by a lot of people in the organization, including guys on that team, that the defensive work and the decision-making of the forwards was a far That's bigger true. problem than anything the defenseman did, and Mike Sullivan was furious, especially early in the season with the forwards. I mean, he was not happy with them at all, so they need to be better. Two-way guys, maybe they were tired. I think fatigue certainly did play some kind of a role, but I also think they had some guys who got a little goal-happy and who didn't want to play the quote-unquote 200-foot game as much, and I'm sure they're looking for a couple of guys who can help them in that regard. Speaking of not really that, Daniel Sprong. <laughs> Did Sidney Crosby like playing with him? I don't know. I Honestly, it's it's hard to get a read from Sid. He, um, he will never, even privately, he will never take a shot at a guy he plays with, nor will he ever go out of his way to say, oh, my God, I want to play with this guy again. Like even Gensel, he'll say, "Oh yeah, he's a good player." Yeah. Like you just—it's really hard to get a feel. Um, I do know this, and this is kind of a weird, quirky Sid thing. He loves playing with right-handed forwards, and he hasn't had that many over the years. Like Billy Garen, he played with for a while. Colby Armstrong, he loved playing with him in the early days of his career. He's had a ton of left-handed wingers, maybe Gensel or Sherry or Dupuis, Kunitz, all left-handed guys. He really likes playing with right-handed players. He said he just likes how. Just the visual yeah. of having a guy with a stick on that side. He, something about it he likes. They had that great game together in Brooklyn in January when Sprong scored twice and set out a goal. I don't think he dislikes playing with them. I, I just think uh, you know we, we need to let them explore a little bit here. And in training camp, I think we'll see it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that being the way they start the year. Uh, if Why not? He scored 30 goals. Put him in there. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, Sprong. Well, listen, you have one of the great playmakers of all time, and you have a kid in Sprong who... I mean, my God, say what you want about his, his 200-foot game or whatever, but the guy's a gifted Naturally gifted. Got a, and you know when I made up my mind that Sprong was going to be good? You should hear Mike Lang talk about Sprong. And I, I listen to Mike Lang above anyone else when he says, my God, what a player this kid's going to be. Like He just raves about him every time you bring him up. He me. buys like, in. If he's good enough for Mike, for the Hall of Famer, by God, he's good enough for me. And uh, you you can see the talent that you he can. has. And by the way, his defense wasn't that bad last year. I thought it was fine. And if the Penguins are going to do what you said that they are thinking about doing, which is going out and getting some other 200-foot-type players, well, guess what? You can survive with a sprung, especially if Phil Kessel's not there. Now, oh, again, yeah. a lot of moving parts. There are, yes, as always. Uh, last couple of things here uh, for Josh Yoey of The Athletic here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Josh, any free agents that you think the penguins are going to be able to go after i again i always i always go back to grabner i want that son of a bitch but <laughs> i just don't think it's going to work out no i mean stylistically i cannot think of a better fit oh man 
Uh, and I know they inquired about him at the deadline last year. They ended up opting for Broussard just because they needed the center, which I understand. Um, he's the one that jumps out. I, I wonder how much money he's going to get, though. He was really underpaid last year. I mean, really underpaid. Um, that won't be the case. He jumps out at me. Probably not going to happen. I have not heard any names. And, in fact, Jim Rutherford told me, he basically said, don't get your hopes up too much on July 1st because we're probably not going to do much as things currently stand. Okay. And you know, especially if they bring back the restricted guys, it just it's not going to be a bonanza for the Penguins. But you don't want your team going crazy on July 1st. It never works out well. Speaking of which, mm. we haven't heard much about Ray Shero and the Devils, what they're going to do. Mm. And I've, I, think, I think they are a key piece or two away from being stinking good. They worry me as a Penguins fan, they which sure, I am. They sure passed the eye test last they year. Really they really did. They give the Penguins fits. Uh, you look at the division right now, by the way. I mean, Washington, obviously. Columbus. Although, did you see the rumor that Panarin, Panarin? might be traded? Would you think he doesn't like playing for Torts? Maybe that's maybe that's, <laughs> that's a great I, call point. me crazy. Is that maybe the issue there? He's but, damn good. Oh my god! But still, the, and by the way, how about a Kessel for Panarin trade just to see day one of training camp Torts and Phil together? I would love it. I think that's what we need as sports fans. But the, the whole division, other than Carolina right now, and even the Rangers, they'll get good again fast. The Devils, they were scary good last year. They might add a piece or two. They're going to spend some money. The Flyers are back on the way up again. Where's Tavares wind up? Mm. What if here's one? What if he winds up in Philly? You want to talk about strength down the middle? Then yeah, that that would be scary. It really would. Uh, you know, Toronto still might make a pitch for him. Buffalo is yeah. going to throw huge money at him. If I were him, you know, I hear Las Vegas is a very lovely town. <laughs> They've got a lot of money to spend. They would love to have uh, Tavares and uh, Bill Carlson as your uh, top two guys down the middle. I think uh, I think that would work out. So no, and 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 I, I suspect you'll see Barry Trotz named as the Islanders coach soon, or at least they're going to try. Yeah. And part of the reason is to try to lure Tavares to stay because everybody likes playing for Trotz. And I would imagine that Philip Grubauer might be a target there too. Why not? Yeah. Get a goalie. Show him that you're committed to winning. Yeah. Bring no, him in. Sure. No, no. He's he's got a lot of power right now, Mister Tavares. Um, he, he's a yes, great he player in his prime. He's going to cash out in a big way. Everybody's going to be throwing money at him. Josh Osham. Oh, boy. Did you say Osham? Hey, Josh. What's up here, Josh? You poor guy. Yeah, geez. I got two more hours of this. <laughs> oh, two hours without you. Wow. What happened? Uh, Josh, really appreciate the time, pal. My pleasure. Let's I do it again. I carried it as best I could. You did. We'll, we'll do it again anytime. We learn things. In fact, did I miss anything? Maybe I did. I'm sure, but yeah. you know, just keep the sunglasses on. You'll be all right. I'll be fine. Thanks again, buddy. You got it. That's Josh Joey, The Athletic. It's not expensive at all. It's like four bucks a month if you go. With the annual, which I did, but I'm going to cancel it after the month. It's all free this month, and then I'm going to keep re-upping, I think. Just give me your credit card now. I'll take care of it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Coming up next, we'll talk more about the pens because I've got some theories as to what they are going to do and what they should do. It's a Crowley Show.